0: Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Okay, today we are going to continue our series, The Reset. And last week we talked about the problem. We realized that in our world that there are serious dilemmas, there are serious problems, and that we all suffer from a disease that infects each of us and ultimately causes us that we now know is what we call our sinful nature. It drives us to do the things that we don't want to do in life. Paul in the Bible was talking about that. I find myself doing over and over and over again the things that I don't want to do. And the things that I want to do, I just don't seem to have the strength to do the right things. And so our main point last week was a little hard, it was a little tough to hear, but it was that you are the problem, but Jesus is the solution. So we're going to build off of that today, and today we're going to talk about the solution, and this is the exciting part. Last week I told you that the message was a little bit heavy, but this week I'm excited because we get to talk a little bit about the solution. But here's the thing, just because you, if we realize that Jesus is the solution— and we want to follow him and we decide, I'm going I'm to mimic my life. I'm going to follow after him and, and following and building a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden, now my past, my history, all the mistakes, all the pain that I suffer through immediately goes away. This is, this is sort of the, the struggle that we live in as Christians. We, we walk every day feeling like, well, I've given my heart to Jesus, but Something, I still feel very similar. I still feel like I carry the wounds with me, the bitterness, the anger, the frustrations, and the the pain that I carry along with me. When we become a Christian, it's not like we can just forget everything or click a delete button like we have up here on the screen. I, I had this image in my mind. It's like sometimes it would be great if we had this image, right? If we had the ability to just... Just just say, I want to forget that thing that happened to me and hit the button and it all erases. And it, it doesn't work like that. But we all struggle every day with, with the things that we carry with us, our past. In my life, I have battled insecurity. Insecurity has been something that I have battled for a very long time. We know, I know. And this is, this is the thing, you know, is that early on in my life, I have known going to church that when I decide to follow Jesus, we learned last week that you become a new creation. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a little, in a little bit today. But we become a new creation. So it's like, well, if I'm new, I'm, I'm forgiven. I have that reset button that starts over and allows me to have a fresh start in my life. Why do I still have insecurity? Why do I still have pain? Why do I still have these things? And that's why I was saying. In my life, and when I was a teenager, I had, you'll learn this from me, by the way, that I tell a lot of stories from my teenage years because that was that I draw a lot from the mistakes and, and 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 troubles that I that I had when I was a teenager. But I went through a lot of things, made a lot of poor choices, and growing up, ended up feeling a lot of insecurity. Even in my ministry, in my job, I always felt like there was somebody who was better than me. I always felt like if I was maybe good at something, someone would come and give me a compliment. I would I would kind of push it away, or, or even if I said thank you, in my heart, I felt like, well, you know, I don't really fully deserve that. If they knew, you know, really who I was, or I'm not really that good, if I were to try again, I'd probably mess it up, or whatever. And part of that is, is that I'm a natural pessimist. I was born that way. I am, a, I am an Eeyore type of an individual. When I was growing up, my parents uh, got me a Care Bear doll, and they got me Grumpy Bear, I was the grumpy bear. Yeah, I had the bear with the cloud in the rain. And then that was me. And then as I got a little older, my parents, you know, they got me an Eeyore doll. They didn't get me Tigger. They got my brother Tigger because he was bouncing all over the place. They got me Eeyore because I am the, oh, it's a rainy day. That, that's been me all my life. So I guess you couple my personality with decisions that I've made in my life and that ultimately ends up with an insecure lifestyle or feeling as though you're never really able to measure up or be good enough or that somehow you're going to mess up or somehow something's going to fail. And I carried that with me into my ministry. I carried that with me into my marriage. I've carried that into being a dad. And I have had to struggle with it. And today I'm, I'm excited to tell you that I really feel like I have, I've come a long way from that. I've been able to overcome them. And I think a lot of it is because of the solution we're going to talk about. But maybe you feel the same way. Think about past relationships that you've been in. You still carry the hurts with you. You still carry pain from a relationship that you had other times. Maybe, maybe you know, people have said some things to you. Maybe hurtful words. You know, there's the phrase, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie. That is a lie. Words do hurt. I, and, and that's part of where my insecurities came from. Maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe as a child, someone spoke something into your life, your dad or your mom, or maybe another individual, you know, bullied you or said something to you, and it stuck with you, it cut you deep, and you carry it with you today, still, from long ago. Maybe, maybe you carry those words with you. All sorts of things we carry along in our life, tragic events, things that have shaped us over our lives. And when we decide to follow Jesus and say, I want that better life, I want to become the best version of myself that God made me to be, to unlock the destiny that God has for me, to become a whole, purpose, a whole person that Jesus wants for me. When you make that decision, sometimes we can fall into this trap of feeling like I should feel instantly better. But that's not always the case. And so today we're going to talk about that. How do we get to that point? How do we get to the point where we can go move beyond our mistakes? And I think a lot of times we feel like this as an individual on the screen here is less chained up. And a lot of the times we feel like this, our past, our history, our hurts, our pains, our emotions, the things that hold us back, that lock us into the past are just like this individual who's chained up. They are chains that keep us to the wall and do not allow us to move forward into our new destiny. So the question for today is this. How can we move out of the shadow of the past and into the life that God wants for us? The good news is, is that God recognizes that there is a problem. He recognizes that there was a need of a solution. But then he didn't just say, okay, here you go, guys. I gave you my son Jesus, and he, uh, he sacrificed his life for you. Go figure out the rest. What he did was he actually gave us a roadmap and showed us how to live our lives and how we could move beyond our past and into our future. And so we're going to pick up today in Romans chapter 8. If you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to pull it out and open up to Romans 8. If you have a smartphone or a tablet, I encourage you to open up a Bible app and go to Romans 8. You also have notes in your program that was given to you. If you like to take notes, uh, you have a pen, you can go ahead and do that. But Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. We're going to read through the passage, and then we're going to kind of break it down. This is Paul talking. So last week he was talking about the problem, and now he talks about the solution. Romans 8 verse one. And it starts with great news. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? Whatever mistakes you've made, whatever pain you've caused yourself or others, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Verse 2, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature, so God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have, And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. And then we flip over to Galatians 5. You don't have to turn here. It will be on the screen. 5.16, it says, So I say, this is Paul still writing here, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You see, in these two passages of Scripture, God gave us the solution. He outlines the very way that we can get past our problem, move into the future, the destiny that God has created for us. He provided a reset button for us to be able to push it and start fresh and move forward. The power is ultimately to fight against our sinful nature, and to become the best version of ourselves, and that brings us to our main idea for the day. It is that it is this is that God wants to write a new story in my life. God wants to write a new story in my life. Can we can we all say this out loud together? Together, right here. Let's go. God wants to write a new story in my life. Now, these points are they're just this is what the passage of scripture is about, but you have to believe it. These points are just emphasis for you to be able to move throughout the week. But you have to believe this. Do you believe that God wants to write a new story in your life? And and I think we're going to move in here right into verse 1. And it goes back here. It says, so there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You have to believe that God wants to write a new story in your life. I think a lot of times what happens is, is that we, we come to Christ and we say, I want this new life that is found in Jesus. But what we do is, like last week, we still carry that body around with us. Remember we said that Roman, the Roman capital punishment is that there was a body they would chain to you. The person that you killed, they would chain to you as a punishment, as a reminder of what you did. And what Jesus says is that he breaks that chain off of you. There is no condemnation. No condemnation is like a sentence, a legal judgment. I looked up that word, condemnation, and it says it's like you are past judgment, right? And it says there's none of that. When you belong to Christ Jesus, you are not having a sentence. You are declared innocent. You are freed from that. And it says for those who belong in Christ. What does belong mean? Belong means like a family, and we have an image on the screen, a family. We belong to Christ, and we are part of his family. So now, you'll never look at these the same way again. When you're driving down the road and you see all these little little people and their dogs and all the little, you know, little figurines on their, on their windshields in the back of their cars, now you get to think about, I'm part of a bigger family, a family that spans the entire globe. I am part of the family of God. There is no condemnation for you. What you have done in your past is forgiven. It is gone. And now you have to move on. You have to be willing to move forward. God wants to write a new story. There is no condemnation. Verse 2, and because you belong to him, because we're part of this family, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Now, I underline certain words in here. Freed you. The imagery here is the prisoner who was set free. You were in jail. You were the one who was chained up. You were chained up, and he breaks the chains off of you and says, I don't condemn you. You are part of my family. Now leave this cell. I am setting you free. You are pardoned. It's like the governor wrote a pardon for you and said, whatever crimes you committed, you were forgiven of them. You were innocent of them. Move on. And the good news is, is that God doesn't hold our past against us. No condemnation. We are free. And we have an image of broken chains. Broken chains, that chain that was now holding you to the wall. This is critical, guys. You have to understand this, is that in order for you to live the life that God wants you to, in order for him to write new pages if chapters in your book, in your story of life, in order for you to move forward into your destiny, you have to be willing to get up and leave behind your past. You have to get up and move away from the chains. It's not enough for the chains to be broken. You have to move. You cannot be a different person sitting in a cell even if the chains have been broken off of you. If you deliberately choose to live in a life of pain and a life of remembering your your pain and your hurts. I'm not saying that your, your past wasn't real. Your past are markers now for you to remind you of where you have come from. They no longer define you. And we're going to talk about that here in just a quick second. Number three, the law of Moses. This is, this is verse three back in there. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. The real quick thing I want to pause about this is that there was nothing that you or I could do. There was nothing the law could do. We were not able to save ourselves. I've, I've actually said this before, and I've heard other people say it. You cannot legislate morality. Okay, So we hear it all the time. There's a war waging in our society, trying to put laws up that will say, this is wrong, this is illegal. So just recently, marijuana was, was, was uh, legalized in Colorado and a couple other states, and people can buy it for free there, or not for free, they can freely purchase it there. And there are churches that were fighting against this rule, and whether they should or should not have is not the content of this message. What I am saying is that they were fighting this law tooth and nail because they wanted to, to help people understand that, it was, that they felt it was wrong to, to buy and to, to smoke marijuana. But the issue is is that whether you have a law or not, it will not change whether or not that person's heart wants to do that activity. It's the same thing with prostitution or any other type of law. If you enact a law, you will always find people doing what they want to do, regardless of whether it was legal or not. It just makes it easier or more difficult for them. You cannot legislate morality. And that's what this verse is saying, is that the law could not save us. There was no way for us to be able to get beyond the disease of ourselves, the sinful nature. So God did the impossible. That's what that says. He did what no one else could do. God did the impossible. And that verse continues this way. He says, he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. This is important. This is, this is it right here, guys. And in that body, God declared an end. An end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Now real quick, I want to take you on a real small history lesson. 2,000 years ago this Sunday, we celebrate Palm Sunday today. This is Palm Sunday. And in, in the Bible, it teaches that Jesus came to Jerusalem And the people were celebrating their Savior coming in, and one week later, He was crucified and then risen from the grave. Palm Sunday celebrates what this verse was talking about. Jesus was preparing, He was being sent. The Father in heaven saw the problem, He saw that the law had no ability to save humanity. We were helpless, we had no ability to help ourselves. So he sends his son, Jesus. That verse talks about, it says he sent a part of himself. It was, it was his own being in a body like our sinful body. So it was, had the full capacity for sin. The ability, he was born with the same nature as we are. He was born with the same disease of sin coursing through his veins just like it does ours. The difference is, is that because he was God, he was able to resist that and we'll get to this in a minute, because this same power has been imparted into us. And that's the great news. That's the solution to all of this. But they did, that wasn't it. He didn't just come to live an example. The Bible actually says, and that's what that verse was saying, is that he gave himself as a willing sacrifice for us so that he could be an offering for our sin. And that's what we celebrate Palm Sunday, the coming of Christ. That Jesus is now with us and that he has come to be a part of our Lives. So the verse actually says, in another translation, it says, of the flesh of sin. So it says, he was sent in a body of the flesh of sin, which we now know it means just like ours with the capacity, but he was sinless. But why did Jesus come? To deal with sin, one. To condemn sin in the flesh and offering a sacrifice for us. The cross was the final sacrifice. See, there is another little small history lesson the law, and there's a cross right here, the law was, was a system of sacrifices that would happen over and over and over again. The Israelites, the Jewish people, would come every day or every week and, and on, on a systematic basis and they would sacrifice animals as a symbol to cover their sin. That was what the law said. But they had to do it over and over and over and over and over again. There was never an end to it. They could never not be forgiven. They were were always having to seek forgiveness constantly. And what this scripture passage was saying is that when Jesus came to the cross, he willingly gave his life for us, and ultimately it was the final sacrifice. There was no more need for sacrifices. He gave everything he had willingly for us. And why did he do it? The purpose for Jesus' coming was to take the condemnation of sin away from us. That's one. But the greater picture was this, is to destroy its control and dominion over humanity. You see, before Jesus came, there was no hope. There was no ability for us to be able to move beyond our own sin, no matter how good we were, no matter how many sacrifices we had. We were always going to be slaves to our disease of sin in our lives. But Jesus not only forgives us of our sin, he actually broke the back of it when he resurrected from the grave. And I am so excited to talk about that next week. Next week we talk about the resurrection and how that impacts us today. The resurrection is a powerful, powerful concept. But because he rose from the grave, because he came back to life, he defeated death, he crushed death and its power, its dominion over our lives, it now means we have a choice. So verse four, it says this, he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Now that word follow actually talks about the bent of one's life, the bent of one's life. So what that means is it's not a choice. It's not the decision that I made to follow Jesus that enables me to be able to live life in the Spirit, to move away from my sinful nature. It's the bent of my life. It means the general trajectory, the life that I'm following, the movements that I'm taking every day is what helps me, okay? So I'm following the Spirit's guidance is what it says. I'm following the Spirit, the life of the Spirit. I have to be willing to to make little choices every day. When I come across my, uh, my, my temptations or my desires, I have to stop and think and say, wait a minute, is this right? I need to choose a different direction. And we have that ability to do that because we have the spirit of God living inside of us now when we choose to follow Christ. But you can't all of a sudden Make decisions to leave your entire past behind, to move beyond all the pain, to move beyond all of the hurt, and to be able to have chapter after chapter after chapter of new story in your life. <clears throat> excuse, excuse me. You can't expect to have all of that today if you haven't made the choices to get you to that point. You have to make individual choices every day. Last week, we talked about how we are the sum of our decisions. Each of us, our whole world, is made up of people that are, that are interacting with each other, and our community in life is based on the decisions that each of us make. So if I start to make decisions today according to the spirit inside of me instead of the sinful nature inside of me, little by little I'm going to be able to overcome those things in my past. And that's how I got beyond my insecurities. Because what happened was is that when I would have a situation come along and I would say, or someone would say to me, Jared, you did a great job, or you're going to be able to do great at this thing, And then this insecurity would rise up inside of me, I had a choice. I could either succumb to it like I always did, or I could begin to think and remember what Scripture teaches. That I am more than a conqueror in Christ that I belong to his family, that my identity is not based on my past, but it's on who I am found in. I'm found in a relationship with Jesus. My creator loves me. When I tell myself those things, I am following the prompting and leading of the spirit that lives inside of me. God's spirit, the spirit of Christ that lives inside of me. That is how you begin to move beyond your past and move into your future. So how does this apply to you and to me? How can I move forward? Well, Galatians 5.16 talks about it, and this is that verse we read. It says, so I say to you, Paul is telling the Galatians, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Then you might be saying, yeah, but Jared, it's easy. He was, he was talking to a bunch, of, a bunch of Jewish people who already knew God's law, who already knew how to follow his regulations. No, no, he was not. Galatians was written to a bunch of Gentiles. These are Gentiles are people who were either Greeks or they were Romans or they're from other parts of the world that had no clue about the Jewish people. He was writing a letter to people who had heard about Jesus for the first time and decided to follow him because their lives were transformed. So no, they had no idea. They were used to following hundreds of other gods. They were polytheists. They would go to temples and pray for rain and they would have to give you know offerings of grain and things to have the harvests come. You know, all the things you've heard in class. That's what they were used to. So he, when he says, so I say to you, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. They were learning from him on the fly. That word guide means walk by the Spirit. It's an image of of a man who is guiding me blindly. I'm, I'm behind this individual. And in order to be guided, it's like he's walking and I don't know where I'm going. So I stand behind him and I put my hands on his shoulders, on his shirt, and as he walks, I walk. That's the guiding that we're talking about. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Hold on. Cling. Cling to God. Cling to the things of God and he will guide you through. And that's the thing. You can't pretend to be able to move out of your past. You can't write a new story. You can't write new chapters by yourself. You don't know where to go. You're stuck in your own darkness, but the ability to get out of the prison and to move out into the destination that God has for you, you need a guide to get there. And the Holy Spirit, it comes into our life when we accept Christ, when we become a part of the family. And we have to hold on tightly. There's a gentleman named Lawrence Richards who writes this, and I love this. I had to put this in my message because I think it it, it illustrates this perfectly. It says, so now in one person there are two capacities. So once we decide to make a decision to follow Jesus, his spirit comes inside of us, and this is what happens. So now in one person, there are two capacities, the one oriented to good and the other to evil. In each believer, reactions, motives, desires, values, and behavior become channels through which God will express himself in righteousness or evil will express itself in sin. The challenge, and this is on the screen, I think, the challenge of the Christian life is to learn to live as the new people that we have become and to increasingly reject the old we once were. Ultimately, it's the choices that we make every day. We have to walk in step. We have to walk in step with the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. And that's a process that takes day after day of learning. And we will make mistakes and we will mess up And we're not trying to forget the past. You say, but Jared, but Jared, you don't know what was done to me. You don't know what I went through. No, I don't. I would love to hear it sometime. But I'm not saying forget it. I'm just saying don't let it define you anymore. You cannot allow the things in your past to hold you back from the future that God wants from you. Because we established last week that we become the worst version of ourselves when we hang on to our pain, to our troubles, to our anger. We become violent. We become the worst possible version of ourselves. But that's not what God wants for us. He wants the best for us. So I have a challenge for you. What I would like for each of us to do this week is this. And if the worship band wants to come up, the challenge is this. For the next seven days... I would like for each of you to pick a personal struggle. I want you to pick a personal struggle or a pain or a hurt. And I think we have it actually on the screen here. I want you to take that struggle and I want you to ask God for healing or for help in that area. Whatever it is, and it's, it's your personal struggle. Whatever it is for you, I want you, to, I want you to think of that one thing. Don't pick them all. You'd be like, but Jared, I messed up. Okay. Okay, pick one. Just pick one. Pick one thing and then pray about it this week. Seven days. For the next seven days, I want you to take one thing and say, God, I need your help with this. I want you to pour out your heart to him. I want you to confess to him, you know, how you've messed up in that area or whatever it is. I want you to just take that one thing and ask him for help. And then I want you to declare that you are a new creation. So, so take, pick the thing, decide what it is pray about it and then declare that you are a new creation because that's that's a key for you you have to understand that in order for you to move forward you have to know who you are you are a prisoner who has been set free by Jesus Christ you cannot move into the new life that God has for you if you're not willing to walk out of the prison cell that you have built for yourself you have to move on so that's where the declaring comes from it's it's building it in your mind i am a new creation i am not that person anymore Step out of it, and God will write a new chapter in your life. What would it be like? Imagine that for a second. I want you, for seven days, seven days, if each of us did that, what would your family look like? I, I'm believing that God would, would do some powerful things in your life. I'm believing that if, that if just for seven days you go before God and you say, Jesus, I'm struggling with this area. I'm an insecure individual. Help me to get beyond my insecurities. I can't fix this myself. I don't know how to fix it. I need your help. Help me. I know that I'm a new creation in you. I know that you love me. I know that you've broken the chains off of me. I know that I can now walk up, get out of this this prison cell and begin a new life with you. And you do that for seven days. What would your family look like? Imagine that. I'm believing that God's going to remove insecurity from you. I'm believing that God's going to heal wounds in your heart. And then in your family, because you're not insecure anymore, or because that, that begins to heal, the way that you respond to your, to your wife or to your husband will change. The way that you respond to your kids will change. What would that look like in our church Imagine what it would look like if each of us were be able to, every day, we were starting to overcome the things that hold us back. We would suddenly have more energy. We would have vitality. We wouldn't be stingy anymore. We would be generous with our money, with our time. We would, instead of feeling like, I'm going to get hurt, I can't open myself to people, we would start to reach out and build relationships with other people, with others in our community. Instead of a fear of rejection, we would say, I'm going to invite everyone I know to church because they need to know about Jesus, and I'm not worried about how they feel about me anymore because they know how about God, how feels about me. What would it look like if our communities and our world, if we all just every day, we declared God's promises in our life, if the solution that was a part of our life became a part of the world? Imagine what it would be like. That's what's waiting for us. Would you all close your eyes with me? I have two questions for you. What is God saying to you today? What is God saying to you today? What is the thing? What is that thing? Search your heart now. What is that thing that that you struggle with, that thing that you need to confess to the Lord, the thing that you need to, that you need help with, the thing that you need to overcome, the thing that's holding you back? What is it What is God saying with you, saying to you? Is he saying, I'm inside of you already. I've already broken off the chains. Get up and walk with me. Hold on to me, and I will guide you out of this. I will give you relationships. I will give you friends. I will give you people to help you through this. Maybe he's saying, come home. Come home to me. You are still broken in your chains. You are still tied to the wall. You cannot move because you are not in my family. But I want to release you. I want to free you today. I want you to be able to move beyond your pain from your suffering, from your insecurities. I want you to move beyond them. I have new things for you. I want to make you a new creation. Jesus is calling you today. Come home to me. I created you, I love you. It breaks my heart to see you in the pain that you're in every day. It breaks my heart to see the things that you do because you don't know any better. Come home. And the second question is, what are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? For those of you who are a part of the family of God, I encourage you, take the seven day challenge. Pick something, one thing that you struggle with pray and ask God for help and healing in that area, and then declare that you're a new creation. Do that for seven days and come back next week and tell the story about how God has moved in your life. And maybe you need to apologize to family members or to friends, somebody who has been affected by your struggle with this. Maybe you've treated them a certain way, a difficult way for a long time. But for those of you who you say, God is calling me home, but I don't have that relationship with Jesus. What are you gonna do about it? The step for you today is to just just raise your hand and say, I wanna be a part of the family. I want to be a part of the family. And what'll happen is, is instantly, the Bible tells us that when we confess our sins and we, 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 we say, I believe in you, Jesus, I believe in my heart that Jesus died for your sins, that his spirit comes inside of you and immediately breaks off the chains that you're still sitting in the prison cell, but now you have the ability to walk out. And he gives us that spirit who will guide us through our lives. He is the solution to our problems. He wants to write a new chapter, a new story in your life. And if you want to receive Jesus today, if you want to start that new chapter of your life, if you want the chains to be broken off, if you want to be able to move forward and beyond your past and into the future and become the best version of yourself today, and you've never done that before, I just want you to raise your hand right now. We're not going to count to three today. I just want you to raise your hand right now. If you want to begin that relationship with Jesus, if you want to walk into your future and leave your past behind, just lift your hand up today, and we will pray together. God is calling you. Just lift your hand. Amen. Amen. Would you all close your eyes and pray together? Let's pray out loud together. And just mean it with your heart. Jesus, help me to move beyond my past. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Break the chains off of my life. And help me to follow you today And the rest of my life, today I begin the new chapter in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the support and counter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.